So on our series, um, just kind of doing a, a brief recap, uh, the primary purpose of the letter of 1 Timothy was to encourage Timothy, a young pastor, in the difficult task of dealing with doctrinal problems, uh, mainly uh, false teaching, and then just practical problems, um, how to how to care for the widows, how to uh, bring order into the church service, and then how to raise up leaders. So Paul gives him instruction concerning pastoral responsibilities and the qualifications and duties of church leadership. What Paul instructs is demonstrated with a, a major theme that is just resounding in this chapter. And that's the theme of honor. If you go back and read the first four chapters in this book, look at the honorable way that Paul addresses even the most difficult of issues, even the kicking of people out because of their heresy and false doctrine and the ways that they were spreading it and trying to kind of poison and corrupt. Even the way he did it was honorable. He states even his purpose in doing it. Hey, I'm, I'm doing this in hopes that they'll, the brothers will get their head screwed back on and, and they'll come back into the, into the fold. So honor is uh, a major theme in this chapter of 1 Timothy 5, and that's what we're doing today. So I want to start off with, with one chapter from Proverbs chapter 18. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Friends, for the most part, uh, the church in America has truly dropped the ball and just done a horrible job of establishing an environment of honor in the churches. Uh, we haven't been marginal. Uh, we have been poor at it. What we have demonstrated is not not honor, but judgment or clickiness or any number of things. So today's message is going to come with a challenge. The challenge, church, is going to be to establish uh, an environment of honor in this place. And I'll talk to you about what that means. In talking about honor, I believe we haven't honored others. We haven't understood the importance of us ourselves being honored, being honorable. And we haven't honored God. Examples of honor. These are just some practical things. These are, I wouldn't call these spiritual things. But then again, when we look at Paul's instruction, you know, in this chapter of leaders, the things that he encourages with, the things he requires of leaders are all things that have to do with character. They, they weren't a list of spiritual qualifications. They had to do with character. Look at 1 Timothy 3 and 4. It's character. The responsibilities and the attributes that the leader should have are character. It's integrity. It's honor. So simple things like opening a door for others, especially a woman. It's, it's been lost. And, and it's not just been lost in the culture, you know, in the, in the church culture, but in culture in general. But, I, you know, we're going to focus on the church. It's, the, it's you, the church, that I want to sharpen today. So we're going to focus our attention on the church. Simple things like that. Giving other selves or giving others value instead of ourselves. Preferring others before we prefer ourselves. When we go through marriage counseling and premarital counseling, Mike, this is like, this is just multiplication here. Um, 
you know, we talk about needs. And that, that if I'm meeting my wife's needs and she's meeting my needs and we're both thoughtful about it and we're both intentional about it, I don't got to worry about me. My needs are being met. How? Not by me, by her. And she doesn't have to worry about her because her needs are being met by me. That's a thoughtful placing of one another above each other. And my friends, that is practically dead in the church. The place that I think that it should be just the most pronounced and the most demonstrated. Simple things like deferring a parking space or the right to be right. How often do we defend our right to be right? It's like we won't cave on nothing. It's like, I'm right. I'm going to defend it to the nail. It's like you're talking, you're talking about Triscuits. You're talking about Triscuits. And, and he likes Ritz. So, I mean, why are you? Just let it go. Ritz are good too. They're, they're all delicious. But we, we, we have to be right. We gotta, sometimes we just gotta defer. First Timothy 5. I want to encourage you guys to read the whole chapter. The theme that I'm touching on uh, is throughout the whole chapter, but I'm going to kind of park at this early thought. So 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 3. Never speak harshly to an older man or elder, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. We'll stop right there. Good instruction, right? Good common sense stuff that I think everyone in this room agrees with, right? That's, that's doesn't, that doesn't challenge us. That doesn't make us... I mean, that's just good common sense stuff. Easy enough. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Speak respectfully to him as you would your own father. But what if we were raised in an environment where our father was not respected? Maybe he wasn't respectable. But it was still honored due. But instead, you know, we referred to him as the old man. He's a bomb. And, you know, maybe it was a home where the mom just everything said about the father was negative and just tore him down. So when this talks about uh, treating the older men as, as you would a father, you don't know what that means. What if, you know, speaking to the younger men, you know, as, as a brother, what, what if our homes were just competitive, uber competitive, where that we didn't have a strong relationship with our brother, they were a nuisance. They were a burden. So what if when it says treat someone as a brother, we, we don't know what that is. Treat the older woman women as you would your mother. What if the example of how we saw to treat a mother was to berate her and to tear her down and to tear down her self-worth and her self-esteem? Why? Because that's what was modeled to us. So that's all we know. Ma! Meatloaf! Right? Will Ferrell had that line. It was hilarious. Ma! And he was a total buffoon. His character was a total buffoon. He wasn't like this praiseworthy character. You know, so it was funny in the movie. But what's not funny is the fact that that's all too common. 
people who, who aren't sure how to treat their mothers with the honor and respect. So when they come into the, the church and there's older women there, they have no idea the honor that they should be treated with. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Men, when we look at the younger women in our church, in our lives, in our workplace, there better be respect in our eyes and not lust in our hearts. We are to treat them with the purity as we would a little sister. I had a little sister. I think I did a pretty good job of treating her, you know, with respect. And, you know, I, I wasn't afraid to get in the scrap when I was younger. I'm probably not afraid to get in the scrap now, but I shouldn't because I'm like 42. Who does that? You know, but uh, when I was younger, it, you know, do not disrespect you know, my sister. Men, we should have the same respect for the young ladies in our church, for the single ladies in our church. Single men, if you're dating, if you're courting, you should have the same respect for that one that you've been enamored with and that you're falling in love with and treat them with purity and respect and honor. In order for us to receive the wisdom and blessing in this scripture, we must understand honor. And not just understand it, but we must live it. We must commit to it. We must buy into it. Let's pray. Lord, um, we thank you for the opportunity to be here together right now, Lord. To be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged by your word, Lord. To lift high the name of Jesus in worship. To be touched by you. To be changed by you. Lord, we give you that right. When we come in this place, we give you that right. We give you that place. We say, change us. Touch our hearts. Make us stronger and better. So Lord, this is what we ask in regards to honor. Teach us. Let knowledge and wisdom go deep into our hearts and our minds and change us so that we can affect a culture of honor in the church, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Timothy 5.1, I'm going to read it again. Never speak harshly to an older man or elder. That word is presbyteros. Never speak harshly to a presbyteros, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. That, That Greek word is translated as this, elder of age, advanced in life, an elder, a senior, a forefather. So when we read this passage that indeed talks about that we are to respect elders, our elders, you know, what we were raised with before. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We're to respect our elders. But it's also defined as this, a term or rank in office among the Christians who presided over the assemblies or churches. This term is used for bishop, elders and presbyters interchangeably. So Paul uses uses this word to talk about Elders or pastors and elders as in older men. Paul uses this exact same word twice more in this chapter. So in verse 17, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. 
verse 19. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. So while we're at verse 17, I, I just I want to kind of throw something out there. Um, when we started church two and a half, you know, more than that, in January of 2010, um, Karen and I, we'd asked the Lord to provide. I, I have a, uh, a job. I have a business. And I, we'd asked the Lord to provide through our business where that we didn't have to take a salary. Because quite honestly, growing up in the ministry, I saw the burden that fell upon my parents in the ministry. And I'm like, Lord, it's just such a heavy thing. Can you bless my business so that we don't have to take a salary? And God has done exactly that. So for two and a half years, we haven't taken a salary. We took a check one time for $800. Woo-woo. But that was, you know, last year. And so um, we're going to, that's going to change. Um, and it's going to change for this reason. It's not going to change. And I'm just being totally honest with you guys, okay? It's not going to change because all of a sudden now our financial situation has changed and we need the money, okay? It, that's not the reason it's changed. We're going to take a salary because the men that we're in relationship with and the churches that we're in relationship with and our board of advisors and the spiritual advisors, the men we have that just pour into us and the intercessors and even from within the church, people going, hey, that's kind of stupid. Um, it's in the Bible. Do you not believe the Bible? We do believe the Bible. And actually it's something that we, we, we've said, okay, we're going to do. So... Um, so I think probably starting next year or whenever um, we're going to start taking a small salary. It, it won't be anything that is major, but it's going to be biblical. It's going to be scriptural. Um, so I just kind of want to throw it out there. And even the way, if you're reading my body language as I'm presenting it, I mean, I'm almost like kind of bummed, like we're going to be taking a salary, but I shouldn't be doing that because God is good and it's scriptural and we're going to do it because it's in the word. So body language up and big and tall. Paul uses this same word uh, to the letter of Titus um, as well. Verse 5 and 6. I left you on the island of Crete so that you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. So this word is used to describe those, those two different roles. So why is this important to note? Because once again, I believe that we as a church have fallen short in honoring both. We, we've become so casual. And so, I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm, all, I'm down with casual. But we've become so casual and so informal that we have stopped valuing things that are important, such as honor. I mean, we've even heard honor kicked around as a punchline. It is not a punchline. It is a value that we should all strive for. It is a value that was demonstrated by Jesus. I want to make something clear. I'm not talking about me and Kara personally. I think we feel honored. We, we don't feel dishonored. I feel that as a church, Karen and I both do, that you guys do a good job of honoring us. But I, I do want to point out a difficulty that we face and an obstacle that we have in front of us in terms of honor. And it's the noble obstacle of friendship. In, in, in our church, in churches like us, friendship oftentimes is an obstacle to, to, truly, to truly giving honor and, and to receiving the benefits of it. And here's an example, okay? 
you know, I, I have a word for you. The Lord gives me something. I bring the scripture. I'm like, hey, I just want to encourage you. Boom, boom, boom. I really feel like God is saying this. You know, and boom, there it is. Good, powerful stuff. But what is the tendency? Well, that's my buddy Mark. Uh, that's my buddy Kara. Whereas if I, you know, was older and grayer and less dashing, perhaps, I don't know. I mean, you know, if I was... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, if, if if there wasn't the the relationship, a pastor comes up to you, maybe a stranger comes up to you and goes, hey, I'm a pastor, I just want to give you this word. Boom, 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 boom. This is what the Lord says. Man, be encouraged. You're like, I heard from God. I heard from God. The obstacle of friendship says, I heard from my friend. Does that make sense? Okay, so what do we do? Do we stop being friends? No, we just have to purposefully and thoughtfully overcome the obstacle of friendship. Yes, I'm your buddy, Mark. Yes, your, your pal, Kara. But we are the people that God chose to lead you, to point you to Him. And that's what we do in everything we do. Kara and I love the friendships that we have. And we don't want the false pretenses of clergy and laity. We don't want that. But I want to make one thing totally clear. As much as we value the friendship and the relationships we have, there is one relationship that we value so much more than we value with you. And that's our relationship with God. There is nobody in this room that I want to please above pleasing God. As a matter of fact, there's no one in this room that I want to please. I mean, I, I mean, there's one person in this room that I want to please. So I'll just clarify. There's one person. That's my wife. But honestly, my job is not to please you. It's not. My job is to point you to Jesus. My job is to, to bring the word and to encourage you. But my job is not to please you. As a matter of fact, man, I, I really kind of feel like I'm not doing my job. If every week you leave here pleased, I mean, you know, it's not my job to, to bring something that just pleases you. Because you know what? There's times a challenge doesn't please us. There's times in trying to get back in shape and I'm challenging myself. I am not pleased with how I feel. And I'm not pleased with the result and the burning of the lungs. I, that doesn't please me. But I'm thankful for it and it's good. So how can we show honor in this place? Well, this is one of those step on your toes moments and I'm okay with. To your kids, I am not Mark and this is not Kara. This is Miss Kara. And I'm either Mr. Mark or Pastor Mark. You know why? Because I don't have five-year-old friends and my friends call me Mark. My friends call me Mark. But I don't have a six-year-old friend. I don't have a three-year-old friend. I don't. I have cute kids that I love, but I, they're not my friends. My friends call me Mark. For your children to have, to have a, a, an environment of honor in this place, it should be Mr. Mark or Pastor Mark. And you know what? It's beautiful. I love it. Now, just for you guys, I want, I want to make this totally clear. I know I'm a pastor. I know I am. I, I don't need you to call me Pastor Mark. 
You can call me Mark. I, I know I'm a pastor. You know I'm a pastor. I don't need the title when you address me. But according to the scripture, I do need honor. Why? Because when God wants to communicate with you and he chooses to use me or Kara, there should be no mistake if it's your buddy just saying something to encourage you. Hey, he knows the spot we're in. He's just encouraging me. No. Does that make sense? So we're not going to change the the casual way that we dress or the casual way, you know, that even the, the way that we engage in relationship. But we have to have that understanding of honor. How do we how do we do it with the older women, with the younger women, with the older men, with the younger men? And let's look at the Bible. Let's look at the examples that we're presented with. There just has to be a respect. There just has to be honor. Women, your opinion is just as valuable as the men's. That's why we took whatever it was, five weeks in the midst of the study to drive that home. Religious tradition has said your value, your opinion doesn't matter as much. That is bull. Jesus didn't demonstrate that. Just, you know, religious people who dress nice demonstrated that. And people with English accents in the 1500s demonstrated that. Whatever. So what you have is valuable. The gift that you are is valuable. The relationships are valuable. There should be honor with an older man. Younger men... I'm just going to paraphrase Proverbs. Don't be a fool. Don't ignore the wisdom of gray-haired men. The Bible calls it a crown of splendor. If an older man comes and says, hey, brother, I just want to encourage you with something. Well, who are you? That was, no, actually, that wasn't like a young man. That was like a... That was, but we'll go ahead and we'll, go, we'll roll with it. We'll just go with it. Um, you know, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm, I'm a man who's walked that before and I don't want to see you hurt, young guy. God can spare you from it. So I just want to pour into you. I got, a, I got years worth of experience and some of its wisdom to pour into you. Do I have an open ear? Men, we should have an open ear. Women, you should have an open ear. Women, what are the hot button issues in your life? I'll tell you one of them. I'll tell you one of them right now. If I want to, if I want to make every one of you mad, I, I, I know what it is. Anyone know what it is? Parenting. Parenting. If I want to make all you mommies mad, all I got to do is something about parenting, right? I'm, you're already glaring at me. I didn't even said nothing, and I'm getting glares. I'm getting lasers right here. Younger women, let's not be so well-informed that we can't take some wisdom from an older woman about mothering and about parenting. For real. There's got to be a... Pr- a preference. There's got to be a deference that, that we're quick to have and quick to accept and quick to give and quick to do. Proverbs 18.12 again, before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty and before honor is humility. That's got a little bit of Yoda to it. I, I love that, by the way. It's got, you know, if you, anyone has a good Yoda voice, just say that again with a Yoda voice. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. It's, it's there. Trust me, it's there. 
We must be humble. We must be humble if we want to be effective at honoring others. And we must honor others if we want to be honored. You're not going to be honored if you don't show honor to others. It's, it's a spiritual principle. And we cannot show honors to others if there's not a humility in our lives. If we think we know it all, if we think we're above reproach, if we think we're unteachable, my friends, let's be the most teachable church in Colorado. Let's constantly be like, teach. You know what? I'm going to a class on Wednesday nights that another pastor is teaching. There's about seven of us from this church that are going. And, and I was talking to my brother Chris. And I said, when I'm in this class, I, I ain't saying nothing. If the, if the instructor asks me, because he always look at me and, you know, we're, we're brothers, you know. He's preached here. It's Russ Doty. If he looked at me and was like, what's your opinion? I'm like, oh, keep going. You're doing great. I'm not contributing my opinion. Why? I'm there to learn. I'm there to learn. And I do my best learning with this thing closed and these things open. Why? We've got to be teachable. We've got to stay teachable. Romans 12, 9-10 says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in what? In honoring each other. That word honor, tima. It's the same word we've been talking about and it's translated, translated as this. A valuing by which the price is fixed. Honoring which belongs or is shown to one. Everyone has value. Everyone has a fixed price on their lives. And that price will set. That price will set by the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Lamb of God. John chapter 8 shows us this demonstration of Jesus. As He, Jesus, was speaking, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? Just to point out the obvious, they caught the woman in adultery. It's impossible to do adultery by yourself. Where's the man? Double standard hypocrisy. Just want to bring that up. The law of Moses says to stone her to death. What do you say? They were trying to trap him, trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go 
and sin no more. You want to know how to honor others? You want to know how to honor others? Just look to the example of Jesus. My friends, we're not just supposed to honor. The context has been talking about honor in the church. But I want to make something abundantly clear. It's not just the people within these walls that are deserving of honor. And that is not who we're just called. We're not just called to honor the people who have the same beliefs as us. We're not just called to honor the people that demonstrate the same beliefs as us. Did this woman demonstrate the same belief? She was breaking the law, caught in adultery. But what? how did Jesus treat her? Oh my gosh. Has anybody in the history of the world ever been treated more honorable than Jesus treated her? Oh my gosh. My friends, we got to have that culture, that environment of honor. What do we do with the minute we come across somebody who has a different religious view from us? We do one of two things normally. We immediately try to persuade them, which I'm okay with. I'm, you know, as long as it's done in love, I'm, I'm all about that. Just so we, I'm, we're totally clear. I, I bring Jesus, man. I, that's what we're supposed to do is bring Jesus. But we either go into, you know, straight up the right to be right mode, where we're like, I'm right, they're wrong, so I got to convince them that they're wrong. No, no, we got to convince them Jesus is real, that he loves them, that he's got a plan for them. Either that or we immediately get hardened and we get angry because they have a different belief than us. And honor goes right out the window. If I can get my guitarist to We are called to be a people of honor in these walls and outside of those walls. It has to be intentional. It has to be thoughtful because you know what? In our environment these days, I don't know that it comes naturally. Not the way that our culture is today and also not with the diversity of the homes that we were raised in. So I... I'm being the leader that God's called me to be and trying to to reset the standard here. Impact Rock, we have to be a place of honor. We have got to honor and prefer others above ourselves. The best way to to bring someone to Jesus is relationship. Not the one-off. Not the one-off. It's relationship. I'm there for you every day. I'm there for you every day. I disagree with you, but man, I love you. You know, you know, I, I, we don't see eye to eye, but man, you know, your, your friendship's valuable to me. Man, there's so much value on your life. I respect you. I honor you. Girl Scout knocks on the door. Girl Scout knocks on the door, and she's got a box of delicious cookies you're dying to buy. And she's like, hey, jerk those. The cookies, let's go. No one's buying cookies. I don't care how delicious the Samoas are. I don't care how good our our message of good news is. If we don't show honor to the lost, if we if we don't honor them, well, why should I honor them? They they believe just some pretty jacked up stuff, uh, like adultery, like that kind of jacked up stuff. I mean, two 
too, too often people don't want to be Christians. They don't want to come to church because they've seen what we're like out there. And if they have made it into a church, they've seen a different us here. My friends, let's be consistent. And let's be consistently loving. Out there in here. You know what? You know, and I say that, man, you know, I am I am not I'm not perfect. I'm not standing up here because I'm like most perfect of everyone and so God's No, that's not it. And if you were with me today at my daughter's soccer game, you would know what I'm talking about. I'm up here because the Lord has called me to point you to him and to encourage you and to say he's got such great things for us but it takes a yielding it takes a, a, a grabbing hold of and living out if we don't commit to having an environment of honor in this place and in our lives and in our witness then we are failing in our representation of Jesus Christ honor one another Honor the fathers and mothers in your lives, in your work, in this place, even when it's painful. Honor the people that even you think aren't deserving of honor. It's a great rule to live by. That rule being you're not the judge and he is. The rule that he set the value and not us, right? It's, it is a good one. I'm not really getting it, but it's a good it's a good one. It's time for a change. And not just you. I'm not I'm it's us. We're in this together. It is time for a change. It is time for us to once again be a people of honor, preferring one another above ourselves. Respecting one another with, with acts of love and deferment. Humbling ourselves so that we may lovingly demonstrate the nature of Jesus Christ and who He is. Who is He? Philippians 2, 5-11 through 11 gives us this snapshot. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray.